spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. Tanner Waldo Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, Grow Hope Saskatchewan has launched its fifth growing season, and we will feature that. They're all and their expectations for the upcoming year. Also, farmers will soon be able to recycle their fertilizer and pesticide containers through clean farms. And after Stats Canada predicted less canola to be planted in Saskatchewan this year, we'll hear from Sask Canola. We'll have all that and more, including the farm weather in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. Tanner Waldo Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your water well wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grow Hub's... Grow Hope Saskatchewan has launched its fifth growing season to help support people around the world with emergency food supplies and long-term food security. Rip Block, the Saskatchewan representative with the Canadian Food Grains Bank, explains what exactly Grow Hope is and how they work. Grow Hope Saskatchewan is a project that began in uh, 2018. You know, now we're, you know, number of years further on. And overall, essentially, I would describe it as it's a collaboration Uh, amongst farmers, farm families that are offering acres um, for production, and you add in some relief and development agencies that do a lot of the coordinating and communicating work. Uh, And then you add in as well a whole host of individuals in urban and rural areas, uh, businesses, sometimes schools, sometimes churches, that say, hey, we want to be part of this project. Uh, We want to, uh, you know, we want to essentially be an active investor in this project, kind of the going I don't know, the way we kind of talk about it is uh, $350 an acre, uh, which essentially is there to cover all the input costs. And, um, you know, in that way, the farmers that are offering the acres, I mean, they are foregoing the, uh, the the proceeds from it. But essentially, with the input costs covered, all of the proceeds go to the Canadian Food Grains Bank, and those monies are then applied internationally. Um, and they are, you know, they're multiplied several times by the Canadian government. We have very good, um, I guess, support from government funding. And that is applied in in two ways. One is to, uh, um, you know, help people who are in emergency situations with, you know, immediate food assistance. Uh, And then in other situations, we are offering supports for longer-term food security. And, you know, maybe one of the best ways to describe that is uh, training in regards to conservation agriculture. That's a major part. So (laughs) it's a big nutshell, but uh, that's, uh, I guess, a bit of what how I would describe Grow Hope Saskatchewan. 
since 2018. Can you kind of explain how Grow Hope has grown over, you know, the past number of years? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, even the title Grow Hope Saskatchewan, we, we, we do continue to grow each and every year. Uh, in 2018, we began, uh, essentially there were two farm families kind of in the Rostern and Laird area uh, that collectively they were offering, um, we had 160 acres that were available for sponsorship. Um, and then year by year, it has continued to grow in terms of number of acres and number of uh, farm families. Um, so this year in 2022, we have 300 acres available, uh, and that's being offered by, by five farm families and with a really good spread around the province. So we have a family up in good soil up in the northwest, uh, down in Main Centre, uh, kind of down in the southwest. Uh, then there's one one of the families right by Laird. Uh, there's another family at Bruno, so just east of Saskatoon. And then another family that's new this year um, uh, in the Yorkton area. So in this manner, we, we really, it's advantageous because it helps uh, the, the folks that are really coordinating the project to, you know, communicate with, you know, their constituencies that are that are, you know, definitely across the province. And it's not just farmers, some agribusinesses, and even communities that help uh, sponsor some of your acres there, but it's also some people in urban environments. Can you talk a little bit about their involvement and why that's important? I, I know in my role as the rep for the Food Greens Bank in Saskatchewan, there's lots of urban people that recognize that farmers do, you know, there's a lot of work to, in order to be a good steward of, of productive farmland. Uh, there's a lot of people that would say, hey, we do recognize, you know, even in, in amidst the challenges we have here, um, we still have it pretty good compared to many places around the world, especially places, you know, we just see so much conflict in, in various regions. And again, many people in urban environments say, hey, if I can have an active role in supporting a, uh, a, a farming project, which goes then to help others that uh, really are lacking food security, that are experiencing hunger, um, it really is an, kind of a, it's a good invite. It's, it's an inspirational thing. And so it's kind of by virtue of, of that larger kind of urban rural network. And I think we'd all agree in some ways, those two demographics, I think we would recognize, you know, could really benefit from connecting more so with one another so that we understand each other's realities more so. And also recognize the things that we have in common and the, you know, the many strengths that a country like Canada has to be able to even support uh, those in other countries that maybe have much less. That was Rick Block, the Saskatchewan representative with the Canadian Food Grains Bank, and we'll hear more from him after the break. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Tanner Waldo Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch Eaves Troughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesTroughs.ca and Prairie Goat Grow Up Team Fueling Farms, Feeding Families in Cupar, Ituma, Lipton, and Strasburg. Grow Hope Saskatchewan has the goal to help people around the world with emergency food supplies and long term food security. With the company launching their fifth growing season, Rick Block, the Saskatchewan representative with the Canadian Food Grains Bank, gives his prediction for the upcoming year. In terms of, you know, with those 300 acres, if all 300 are sponsored, and I think we assume or we hope that they will be, you know, we may be looking at, you know, upwards of, uh, depending on the crop prices or whatever, but we could be looking between 150 dollars and $200,000 direct. Uh, much of which is, uh, you know, the Canadian government matches dollars for emergency food assistance. It's four to one. 
some of the conservation agriculture received some match, but but less than four to one. Again, to give you a bit of a the, the listeners a scope of you know what do these dollars do? Um, you know, you think of people who are even in the, the Ukraine or those in, in Ethiopia or in other regions of the world where maybe they're in a refugee camp or some type of situation where they're displaced. Uh, food assistance budgets will often uh, will often be between twenty and thirty dollars uh, per person. Now that's probably a little bit dated. It could be a bit more than that with you know some rising costs. Uh, but that's per person per month. And so one can appreciate, you know, upwards of $175,000, you know, multiplied three or four times by the Canadian government, how many people that can feed uh, over the course of a month or how many people, you know, sadly, sometimes people are in situations for, for many months. And we have a wide network that works through local partners. And so um, it is a very effective way of uh, of helping alleviate very de- desperate kind of situations internationally. And you touched on it a little bit there, but how much are you guys expecting to raise this year? Thank you, Tanner. That's a really good question. Um, I never want to kind of peg on expectation, but hope. Um, I mean, we do have more acres than last year. Last year, I think, you know, we actually exceeded the number that we were offering and some people were just generous and wanted to still contribute. Uh, you know, I think if crop prices remained quite strong, um, you know, there is really good opportunity to go, you know, definitely perhaps beyond 100 and, uh, um, 180,000. I mean, we have some of the, the, some of those acres, about uh, a third of those acres will be in canola, uh, some in wheat, some in oats, and, uh, a, a, another third in, uh, in lentils. Here's what I can say, and I've been doing this for a number of years, and not that I would, ex- would say it's an expectation, but I consistently see the generosity of people in Saskatchewan, um, which always is a beautiful thing to see. So I maybe don't have any reason to believe that people will stop being generous. But again, one can never expect generosity because that you know, goes, I think, outside of the spirit of <laughs> people being generous. So, um, you know, it's something we continue to invite people to, to join in. And there's really good opportunities to, you know, be connect- connected to a, a very generous community of, of, of people. For those who are interested in making a donation or just learning more about Grow Hope, what is the best way that they can do so? Yeah, probably the the easiest way, one you know most direct, would be simply to check out our website. Uh, again, that's uh, www.growhopesk.ca, and there's uh, profiles of the farm families involved. There's lots of links to resources in relation to you know getting a good glimpse of uh, our work in in food security internationally, um, you know, just there's a blog which has lots of kind of running stories locally from Saskatchewan as well. So, um, yeah, that would be the best portal and there's contact information from there as well. And I don't want to play spoiler or anything, but I know you guys are in the hopes of having a signature event uh, returning. Can you explain more about that? We've had always kind of a signature event, a field day each year. Now, the last two years, things were fairly muted, kind of smaller informal events uh, out in some of the fields where where crop was being harvested. Um, but we do, you know, part of the intention is that is we bring together people who are sponsoring acres with the farmers, you know, people from the various agencies involved. And it's a great learning event. And we always have good discussions around um, food security and hunger, um, both how it happens locally but also obviously internationally as well and we we really hope to have a field day in early august most likely in bruno 
So we'll, you know, through our Twitter account and social media on our website, we'll be highlighting that in the coming weeks. That was Rick Block, the Saskatchewan representative with the Canadian Food Grains Bank, talking about Grow Saskatchewan. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. As spring gets closer and closer, growers are considering getting out into the field. Now, one of the considerations, of course, early on in the growing season is what's the soil temperature? Is it okay to plant? Is it okay to put seed in the ground? Is the soil actually fit? Now, that soil temperature component of that discussion, it probably ebbs and flows depending on where we are in the season. Early on, when it comes to canola, a lot of growers are more concerned, probably a little bit about frost on the other end of the seed getting out of the ground than maybe that soil temperature. What we've seen is more and more growers considering moving a little bit later in their canola planting based on some flea beetle pressure they've experienced the past few years due to a little bit more of an extended frost period once that canola is out of the ground. Recently on a Canola School episode, Kara Oosterhouse of Real Agriculture talked to Sheldon Taves of BSF all about soil temperature and what are some of the considerations when it comes to putting that canola seed into the ground to get it off to a really, really good start. So we're here today as we stand in this field that has no snow left on it. Uh, producers are starting to get the itch to kind of probably get out in the field. When it comes to planting canola, what are some of the soil temperatures you're going to want to be looking at? Well, really, you, you want that soil temperature in between that 8 and 10 degrees Celsius. Uh, canola will germinate as low as 2 or 3 degrees, but at that temperature, it's going to be really slow coming out of the ground. And it's going to be really susceptible to a lot of diseases and insects at, at that point. So the warmer the soil temperature, the faster it's going to come out of the ground and, and be able to start establishing and using the sunlight to grow. Now, when you're looking at, uh, like I said, some of these producers maybe get a bit of an itch to get out there. When is too early? I mean, I know it's going to be very regional, but when you're looking at the soil temperatures, is there anything that's kind of, you know, on that line? Well, I guess from a soil temperature standpoint, like I said, uh, any anything around that five, six degrees will germinate that canola and even cooler temperatures. But you really want to look at the forecast that you've got with the weather coming a couple weeks out because if you've got those colder temperatures coming, uh, daytime cool temperatures, that canola is just going to sit there. It'll be susceptible to those flea beetles and other diseases. And that's not good for that canola, right? You want to get it out of the ground, get it growing quickly so that it, it can establish and, and get that crop uh, off to a good start. Now, how actually sensitive is that seed? If it's in the ground and, you know, we might, you might be looking at some cooler temperatures coming, how, how sensitive is that seed going to be? Well, it, it is a small seed, so it, it definitely is sensitive to those cooler temperatures. Um, we just don't want it sitting there not doing anything, right? So uh, the cooler the soil temperature, the less active it's going to be. So we, we want those warm temperatures. 
Now, when we're talking about uh, soil testing, you talk about doing it a couple times a day. There's important parts of the time you're going to want to do it at. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, so it's good to go out twice a day, probably around that 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, and then probably again around supper or just after supper time. And you take the average of those two temperatures, and that kind of gives you a, a good base for what the soil temperature is going to be. So. Okay, and elaborate a bit more on why we really need to drive this message home. You know, it might be a step we want to skip, but why is it a step we shouldn't be skipping? Well, like I said at the beginning, uh, if that soil temperature isn't warm enough for that seed to germinate uh, and get growing quickly, it's just going to sit there and it's going to be susceptible to different soil diseases. Insects are going to come along. If it's just out of the ground, flea beetles show up that insecticide is only good for so and so long once that once that seed goes in the ground so we really want to protect that canola and get it off to a good start okay awesome anything else you'd like to add uh at basf we uh enjoy helping give growers agronomic advice uh please feel free to give us a call we'd love to help growers with their questions okay thank you very much sheldon thanks Kara. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 35218 and buy Moose Jaw Truck Shop. The number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejocktruckshop.com. Today, it's sunny early this afternoon with a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of showers late this afternoon and a high of 15. Tonight, it's partly cloudy with a low of minus 1. Tomorrow, it's mainly cloudy with a high of 14. And tomorrow night, there's going to be a low of plus 4. On Saturday, we warm up to a high of 16 with a low of minus 1. Sunday, it's sunny with a high of 15 and a low of minus 1. Monday, pretty similar to, sunny, to Sunday as it's sunny with a high of 15 and a low of 0. The normal high for today is 16 and the normal low is 1. Sunrise was at 5.39 this morning and sunset is scheduled for 8.13 tonight. Around the province at the hour, at this hour in Estefan and Yorkton, it's plus 8. Swift Current plus 13. Moose Jaw plus 16. And Weyburn is plus 12. In Regina right now, it's also plus 12. We'll be back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent edge microactive group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Tanner Wallace Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, McDougalAuctions.com, and brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems. Experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Farmers will soon be able to start recycling empty pesticide in fertilizer containers next week. Container collections will be open on May 2nd, and Clean Farms Executive Director Barry Friesen talks about this year's program. Well, yes, this is a program that has been in place for a long time, and uh, Saskatchewan has been great in returning their, their containers, the Saskatchewan farmers. And uh, beginning 
May 2nd, the doors open at the agricultural retailers throughout Saskatchewan where farmers can bring back their triple or pressure rinsed containers uh, free of charge. And we take the, those off the retailers' hands when they have enough of them. And uh, we send them for recycling to, to make it to new plastic products. The program has been in place since 1989. And we have, uh, but fortunately, uh, farmers have been get, getting even better we collect almost 80% of those containers now. Uh, they, they come back to, to ag retailers and we collect them, uh, pick them up and make them into new plastic products. It solves a problem for farmers, a, a, a disposal problem for them, and keeps these things out of the environment. And where can farmers go to recycle? Well, in Saskatchewan, the, the beauty is that they can take them back to the same place they bought them from. So they go to their local ag retailer where they purchase the, the containers. And it's not just small containers. They can take their bulk containers, their 115, 208 liter, all the way up to 1,000 liter IBC containers. Uh, they can take them back when they're empty, uh, free of charge, uh, to their local retailer. So um, now we've listed them on our website, but uh, the farmers know where they bought them from, so they can take them right back to the same place. We also have designated sites for grain bags for farmers that use grain bags. Once they're empty, they roll them up and they can take them back to designated locations. That's a little bit more challenging in that fact that not every uh, place has a has a retail store. So a lot of them, uh, there's designated sites. Uh, go to our website, cleanfarms.ca, to find out where those are. And uh, they can be recycled as well. This program has been in place for a while how has it expanded over over the many years that it's been active? Well, it uh, it started the the container the small container program started in 1989, and what it has done is when originally it was only for pesticide containers, and what has grown is when Clean Farm started and, and launched in 2010, we took that program over, and began to include fertilizer containers, and then we looked at all the other things that farmers have including bulk containers, including grain bags, including all of these other materials. We're actually operating a, a pilot seed and pesticide and inoculant bag collection program. So they can take their empty bags as well to the, some of the same locations. And so it, it's, it continues to grow every year. Um, what has happened is, is, you know, the general public are more, and farmers themselves are more and more concerned about the types of packaging they have, and uh, they want to make sure that it's managed in the most environmentally friendly way. And these take-back programs are the perfect example and the perfect vehicle for them to participate in it. It makes the farmers more sustainable, and it creates jobs in Saskatchewan as well. Uh, people don't know, but there's 30 people employed full-time managing our container program in uh, out of Nakem, Saskatchewan, a small community that relies heavily on this for employment. And so it's uh, it's really important. Uh, we, we create jobs, we, we save the environment, and farmers are more sustainable. doesn't get any better than that. And what happens when these containers are recycled? What are they turned into? Well, for currently our, our small pesticide containers and fertilizer containers, they're shredded washed, repelletized, and made into, currently, into pipe. So they, uh, a lot of it, uh, and I think like 95% of it, goes into farm drainage tile. That uh, Saskatchewan doesn't use a lot of drainage tile, but Manitoba does, and some areas that are, that are wetter. 
And so the, the beauty of it is every time you recycle a container, you're creating a new product that's used on the farm to create farming even more sustainable uh, using drain tile. So currently we're, they're all going in the drain tile, but I might add is that in the future, we'll probably see these things made right back into the same container as well. And, uh, you know, that's a developing issue and a developing story to come, but uh, we're seeing more and more of that. The same thing with grain bags is grain bags are currently recycled and they're made into other types of plastic products, usually farm drainage products or things like that used on the farm. But uh, and in fact, you'll be seeing more and more of, of manufacturers incorporating the old product into their new product as well. So uh, so it's quite exciting. And the beauty of that is, of course, it's, uh, a lot of these things are made right here in Canada and uh, sometimes right in Saskatchewan. And so we're seeing more and more what we call circular economy, making the new product out of the old product. That was Clean Farms Executive Director, Barry Friesen. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Dagelman Industries. Look to Dagelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market in Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service, ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Stats Canada has predicted a decrease in canola planting of 7% to 20 million to just over 20 million acres in 2022 as farmers shift to alternative crops such as cereals. In Saskatchewan, the largest canola producing province, producers anticipate seeding nearly 1 million fewer acres of canola, a drop of 8% to 11.1 million acres in 2022 compared to last year. Tracy Broughton, the executive director of Saskanola, says they aren't too concerned with that prediction. Well, we are still happy to see uh, 11 million acres for the crop. Um, We're coming off a pretty severe drought, so I think right now farmers are happy to see um, increased moisture levels in lots of parts of the province and just really excited for things to warm up and get out into the field. And how much weight do you guys put in when these estimates come out? We typically see these um, predictions are this early in the growing season as just that they're estimates so um, we don't uh, like we put m- more emphasis on what is harvested at the end of the year um, so we don't have a lot of concern with um, with the, the numbers are it's it's not a it's um, there's still 11 million tons it's still a pretty considerable crop coming off of especially coming off of last year. And any reason as to why farmers will be planting less canola for the upcoming year, or at least that's what's being predicted? Well, farmers make seeding decisions based on a lot of factors, um, and every farm is different. So um, it's really hard to pin down what the specific reasons would be on a larger scale. But um, farm by farm, they'd be considering things like uh, moisture, um, what their crop rotation is, um, what what kind of fall work they would have done last year, um, how they can plan for the spring coming up, um, the, the the arrangements with that they have with their service providers or their input suppliers. That was Tracy Broughton, the executive director of Saskanole. The market updates with Jim Smalley on the Source six twenty CKRM.
Tanner Waldus-Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley. Your market update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman. Got a project at the cottage, cabin, or lake house? Freeze Tallman delivers building supplies all around southern Saskatchewan. FreezeTallman.com. Looking at the markets, Durham's at 551, feed barley 362, canola up 3 to 1148, flax 1291, lentils 932, oats at 9. At 391, yellow peas at 628, feed wheat 378, and one red spring wheat is up just about two points to 529. We'll be back right after this. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Report is brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call 842-4574. Now, here are the latest livestock quotes. Mark reports for the week of April the 27th. A very busy week here with another good run. 1,600 head in the short, 450 cows and bulls, a total of 2,050 for the week. This cow and bull market continues to be, be very strong and active. D1, D2 cows, dollar to dollar eight, sales to 112, 113, D3 cows, 88 to 98. Cows are averaging 98.50. From the Wilkinson Ranch at Yorkton, 1,800 pound cows topped out at 113.50. And from the Valstar Ranch at Springside, 1,750-pound cows at a dollar twelve and a quarter. Good bulls, 120 to 130, sales to 135, 136. Bulls are averaging 123.50. From the Bresney Ranch at Ituna, 2,100-pound bulls at 138. And from the Schmidt Ranch at Goodeve, 2,500-pound bull at 137. On to the pre-sort sale, selling strong and active. On the steer side, 500-pound black steers, 255. 570 pound tan steers 250 640 pound steers 234 my favorite pen 710 pound tan steers 217 800 pound red black exotic steers 208 850 pound steers 195 and 1050 pound steers topped out at 171 on the heifer side 425 pound heifers 216 500 pounders 210 570 207 640 pound heifers 190 710 pound heifers, 183. 800 pounders, 176. 850 pound heifers, 167. This Friday, April 29th, bread cow, bread heifer, cow cow pair sale, selling 100 pairs, 100 breads. Sale starts at 11 o'clock this Friday. It will also be on DLMS. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Coming up next, it's the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Tanner Waldus-Scribner with your Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit secondlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid in Mandaco. Talk to your Mandaco dealer or visit mandaco.com to learn more about Mandaco Land Rollers and tillage equipment. Livestock losses have been reported in several rural municipalities in southeast Saskatchewan due to recent spring storms that included periods of heavy snowfall, high winds, and blizzard conditions. With those losses, the government of Saskatchewan has announced the Provincial Disaster Assistance Program is now available. Producers whose local authorities, including rural municipalities, have been designated as eligible for assistance can make claims for livestock loss. Compensation for livestock losses will be calculated using the rates under the Wildlife Damage Compensation and Livestock 
Pretation Program administered by the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation. On the markets, the TSX is up 383 points. The Dow Jones is up 581. Oil is up $3.03 to $105.15 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is up eight one hundredths of a cent to $78.09 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune into the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. I've been Tanner Wallace-Scribner with Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.